to. Nope, that's a Joe Biden clip. <laughs> Let me see here. This is Good, Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and Charles Chuck Lawrence Thompson, our, our, our beautifully 6'7 tall co-host, is across the crusty interstate 24. How's it going, man? Oh, you're just saying so many nice things about me today, so is there, is there something you need? Um, the paycheck, Yeah. You, oh you <laughs> yeah, well, got a got a few of those over here for you. Whenever oh your t- your test did come back negative, so yeah, I, I can come a, over sometime now. Thing. Now you can yeah possibly you know come get your paycheck for all the work that you supposedly have been doing. Yeah, I've actually just been sleeping every day. That's all I've been doing. <laughs> feel great though. Yeah, yeah, feels excellent. Yeah. Oh well. We do talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single gall darn day of the week, as long as we want to. We don't do it when we don't want to. So that is the only caveat. That's the little asterisk that you'll see on the side there. It is when we want to, which is pretty much every single day of the week. So if you are anti-death and you love liberty, then this is the show for you. Smash that subscribe or follow button. We put out a brand spanking new episode sometime during the day or night and just you want to keep refreshing or you want to set your notifications on or something like that you never leave the page that's it if you want to listen to it in the morning that's up to you i mean it's always the thing about it is it's always a good morning liberty doesn't matter what time you listen to it it's just you could say good evening to liberty or good afternoon to it or whatever we just we wake up every day and we're like oh good morning liberty as much as i have left and uh, we want to make it better. That's and, the thing. And as Alan Jackson said, you know, it's more, it's, it's good morning somewhere. So yeah. <laughs> it's always morning somewhere. Yeah. Or is that, uh, <laughs> was it John Michael Montgomery that said, uh, good morning, Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was that, that was actually where I got the name of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was it. I remember that song once. <laughs> so th- as Nate said, hit that subscribe button. We have, we run a 96% subscription rate on this podcast, which I know it sounds like we're gloating, but really I just don't want you guys to be part of that horror percent. I mean, those folks don't know what's good for them and you do. So hit that subscribe button. There's no reason not to actually it's free, completely free. It takes Nate. How long does it take to hit the subscribe button? How long? Um, uh, up to a second. It depends on how long, how old your phone is. It could, you know, if it's running quickly, maybe a second. I would say how quick your fingers are. You yeah. Never know. Yeah. So, Charlie, you did well, something cool this morning. What the heck? Was I that? did. Uh, it's a uh, it's a notification. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Notifications bleeding through. <laughs> yeah. I uh, this morning, unfortunately, Nate, you had a doctor's appointment and got to miss out on uh, the another really cool interview. I mean, I'm talking. It was awesome and uh, really sad you missed out on it. <laughs> Tell <laughs> it was, me more about how awesome it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was it was one of the best, I think, um, interviews I've ever been a part of. And so I really <laughs> enjoyed being a part of that this morning. Unfortunately, you had another doctor's appointment and um, not to tell everyone your medical history or anything like that, but you had another, you know, run in with a doc, old doc this morning. And so I had to take the reins, uh, which most people are used to anyway uh, on the show. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just had, I got to talk with uh, Spike Cohen again, the vice presidential candidate 
for uh, the Libertarian Party. And we had a really, really good conversation. I just, you know, I kind of asked him uh, to give me some campaign updates. And then, you know, I thought the most interesting questions were uh, we talked a little bit about messaging. And then we also talked about um, how well the message is being received from those who are not really part of the Libertarian Party and how many run-ins he had had with those that were Republicans or maybe Democrats that were kind of fed up with the system and and how well the messaging was going. And he said that that was his favorite part of the entire campaign. They've been to 48 states. So they literally campaigned all over the country. And it was really interesting talking to him again. So we're going to have that interview up for y'all. But before we do, before we get to that, Nate, I think people want to know about libertarianism. I think it's growing. I think the people under, you know, they want to know more and more about liberty. And so uh, knowing more and more about liberty there's actually a way that you can live free isn't there yeah you can actually go over we had Mikkel Thorpe on the show a couple weeks ago and as I've said a few times it was my first time ever actually talking to a living breathing libertarian who was actually getting to live as a libertarian in his life right now in 2020 which we all talk about being libertarians and living our values he actually gets to live as a libertarian and not worry about the law all the time uh, being on his back. So the way that he does that is is through living an expat lifestyle. So if you want to if you want to learn about that, how to protect your money, how to protect your savings, your investments, your wealth, all that or if you want to escape taxation legally and not get uh, taken to prison after a run-in at the airport, something like that, uh, then you can actually go to the expatmoneyshow.com. Great podcast, Expat Money Show. Go to expatmoneyshow.com. And you can actually learn how to put our libertarian values into action in your life, not talk about how your children and grandchildren may be able to be libertarians and live that way, but you could do it right now. Or it's you could, the coolest thing ever. Yeah. When we interviewed this guy. I absolutely loved it. It was so good. Go check it out. We did it a couple of weeks ago, so you need to check out that interview. And he was just talking about how you know they lived in the United Arab Emirates for a little while, and then they moved to Panama. And he can teach you how to do all of this stuff and live the actual libertarian lifestyle by not paying taxes legally and living in a peaceful country that doesn't uh, have aggressive, antagonistic government and military. So you guys want to check that out. They have new podcasts, new episodes every single Friday. They've got a growing blog and a growing forum and a growing Facebook group. So get in while it's hot. Check out his book. Check out everything at expatmoneyshow.com or search for the podcast. That's E-X-P-A-T moneyshow.com expat money show search for it everywhere you get your podcast and uh, you guys will surely love it as we did now on to that interview with spike Cohen. all right i'm here with libertarian vice presidential candidate spike cohen uh spike you've been campaigning and on the road we interviewed you a couple months ago Uh, after the nomination process and you and Dr. Joe Jorgensen were selected as the candidates for the Libertarian Party. So just give us a, give us an update on how the campaign is going and, and we're, you know, less than three weeks away now from the election. So what's, uh, what's some good updates you got? Absolutely, Charlie. So in the time we have spoken, I have been to uh, well over 30 states. I forget exactly how many states I've been uh, to a few dozen cities, uh, by the time this campaign will be done, Joe and I will have visited either 47 or 48 states total. Um, and honestly, the ones that we didn't visit were because they had quarantine restrictions that would have made it impossible for us to go uh, because we would have had to stay there for two weeks if we if we went in there. But we've gone around this country 
and we have talked with everyday Americans around the country, and we're hearing the same thing uh, over and over again, that they are sick and tired of the mess that the Republicans and Democrats have created for them, and that they're ready for change, and, and that they want to uh, they want people in charge who are going to dismantle these bad policies that put them in the mess that they're in. And uh, we're seeing more grassroots support for this campaign uh, than we've ever seen for any other libertarian campaign before this one. And uh, I'm very excited for how it's going. We're also seeing incredible uh, outcomes uh, for uh, other races up and down the ballot. We're seeing people that are running like Brad Barron and Ricky Harrington and uh, Donald uh, Rainwater and, and others who are uh, in some cases, neck and neck for winning their races. And uh, we, we expect to see some very big wins up and down the ballot across this country. And uh, we expect to do better in this uh, presidential campaign than, than uh, any other one that's done before. Uh, we're very excited to, to see how it goes. And I'm excited to continue going strong. I'm in Miami right now. Um, I'm going to be doing an event tonight in Miami, and then I'll be in uh, in uh, Texas uh, in two days. Uh, and uh just looking forward to, to seeing how it goes. Yeah, talk about that a little bit with the, um, you know, people voting for third party. You hear the chatter always like, oh, third party's a wasted vote. And, you know, I'm actually starting to see a little shift in a lot of people saying, you know, honestly, I don't even care if it's a wasted vote. I can't vote for the two major parties. So are we seeing a shift in, you know, in everyday Americans from, you know, third party's not a viable choice and it's a wasted vote to I, I'm considering this because my options are so bad or I actually believe in the message uh, of the Libertarian Party or Dr. Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen that I am I'm no longer going with the establishment. I'm going to vote for what I believe in. Are you seeing that shift out on the campaign trail? I, I, I am, Charlie. I am seeing that that shift. And, and I think it starts with people saying, you know what, I think wasting my vote is voting for the same people that keep making these messes to begin with. And I think that one big help to us was that debate that Joe won without us even being there. Uh, and the VP debate that I won without us being there. The American people saw the two options that they were told were their only viable, realistic options. And they said, no, I don't want either one of these. I don't care which one wins. I'm not voting for them. And uh, there was a reason there was a poll that came out right after the presidential debate where it asked uh, it, it, CNN, I believe, who asked the uh, asked voters, who were you more likely to vote for after watching this debate? 57% said neither. And, uh, and that makes sense because we have seen a massive uptick in, uh, in interest for our, uh, in support for our campaign, uh, online and in person. We saw a huge jump in the number of people attending our events. Uh, every metric that we can use to measure these things, uh, we're seeing people say, okay, that was all it took for me to recognize that I didn't want either one of these parties and I didn't want either of these politicians to win. There were these two politicians, Trump or Biden, to win. And, uh, and I think from there, once people then come in and find out about the Libertarian Party and realize that we're not just another party, we're not just a lesser of three evils instead of two evils, we're not just a new set of politicians to vote for, we're a completely different way of looking at things. We're a completely different way of looking at how government should interact with people. Uh, we, are a way, we look at things in the way that we believe that the American people do best when we are the most free. Uh, and that the reason we're not doing well right now is because we are increasingly less and less free, and we are being robbed of our power and our freedom and our money, and uh, and that we propose taking that power and freedom and wealth that has been stolen from us, putting it back in the hands of the people where it always belongs. 
That's awesome. And we went to uh, Dr. Joe Jorgensen's rally here in Nashville about, uh, I would say about six weeks ago or so when she came through Nashville. And, you know, interestingly, and, and I thought this was great. The messaging wasn't um, really against Donald Trump or, or Joe Biden. It was, hey, the this is what libertarians believe in. We believe in, in, in freedom and we believe in liberty for the people and people being allowed to make their own decisions. So talk about that. The campaign strategy, um, you know, is the strategy to, to talk more about what you and, and us as libertarians believe in? Is there, a, you know, and a kind of avoiding the, you know, the attacks on the duopoly, so to speak? Uh, well, hand in hand. I mean, yes, we need to focus on what it is we're going to do. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a hard sell right now to explain to people just w- what a mess the, the, the Republicrats are. And I think that if you spend too much time on it and begin to be you're dwelling on it, people start to go, okay, great. They're terrible. We already knew that before we even heard of you. What is it you have to offer? So yes, absolutely. We're focusing on actual policies. We're focusing on getting government mandates and regulations out of healthcare so that the cost of healthcare can go down and the amount of access uh, to healthcare can go up and lives can be saved as a result of that. We're, we're, we're talking about ending these absurd lockdowns that the no less than the World Health Organization has said uh, did not make things any better in terms of slowing the spread of the virus and uh, has actually made things worse in terms of uh, greatly increasing mental health issues and also greatly increasing poverty. And, uh, you know, we, we're talking about, um, you know, ending, uh, you know, ending the wars and bringing the troops home and, uh, and, and allowing the healing to begin from that. We're talking about ending the war on drugs. We're talking about holding bad actors in government uh, and police departments, as well as politicians and judges and prosecutors accountable when they, when they harm or, or infringe upon the rights of the American people. We're talking about real common sense reform, things that make intuitive sense to everyday Americans. Uh, that will make things better than they currently are. And they simply are, and they're based on a simple rule of thumb. If it makes you more free, if it gives back power and wealth and freedom that was robbed from you, then more than likely it's going to lead to you having better and uh, freer and, uh, and, and more equitable and fairer outcomes than having some kind of centrally planned, centralized command system uh, you know, imposed upon you. And uh, it has been received very well, and it is increasingly well-received, especially for people that are already out in the streets marching against the abuses and excesses of government at various levels, or whether we're talking about you know, Black Lives Matter protesters that are protesting for police accountability, whether we're talking about people protesting against these lockdowns, whether we're talking about people uh, protesting for gun rights or, or anything else. Usually people that are willing to march during a pandemic uh, to show their disapproval of something bad that government is doing to them. Those are our people. Those are the people to reach out to and to bring into the movement because we can, we can not only just say, yeah, government's doing a bad job at that. We can actually show them how to fix it. We can show them how our common sense libertarian solutions will, will solve those problems. Yeah. And go into that a little bit because, you know, the common argument against, let's say, the libertarian philosophy or, or I, our ideal of government is, you know, they always, can kind of come up with a sad, you know, story about, well, what about this person that doesn't have health care and they need help? And, you know, if the government's not there to save them, then then what do we do? So go in and obviously you you articulate the message very well. So I just want our listeners to hear like what how do you combat that argument with what we actually believe in and how those people can be we be helped without, you know, massive government? 
But see, and, and the thing is, I don't look at it. I actually don't feel the need to combat that argument. I typically am the one bringing up the person that can't afford health care. I'm typically bringing up the person uh, who has been victimized by gun violence. I'm typically the one bringing up the person uh, who is worrying about whether or not their children will be able to get a good education or whether or not they'll be able to afford uh, their higher education or be able to pay off their student loans. Because the reality is the facts are on our side. Uh, and I see no need to have to, to, to fight or, or, or combat it. The way I look at it is this. If we can demonstrate to people that we care about those folks, that we don't see them as some kind of an ab- abstraction, but that we see them as everyday Americans who have valid concerns about their health, about their wellness, about their financial security, about their education and about their future, then we can present the common sense solutions. When someone says, uh, or when I say, you know, let's talk about the person who can't afford health care. I then say, let's talk about the reason why they can't afford health care. Let's talk about the fact that 75% of the cost of health care is just the cost of complying with all of the bureaucracy and red tape that's in place. And if you simply remove all of that burdensome, over-regulated, overly burdensome red tape, the cost of health care goes down to 25 cents on the dollar before you even get into things like certificate of need laws, uh, which allow uh, large uh, crony hospitals and, and uh, uh, health management companies to choke out smaller competition by requiring them to go through this burdensome process before they can even you know build a new hospital or build a new medical center or, or anything else. Uh, before you get the patent protections for big pharma that allow them to sell drugs that cost pennies in most other countries as generic and allow them to charge thousands of dollars to our insurance companies and to Medicare and Medicaid. And if someone doesn't have insurance, they just can't even afford it. Man up dying as a result of it. I want to talk about the people that are being victimized by the system because we don't agree with this system. We don't agree with this health care. don't agree with this education system. We don't agree with this criminal justice system. And I want to focus on those individual uh, examples because those, that is the most uh, effective and acute way to show how our policies will make real changes in the lives of everyday Americans. And from a political standpoint, that is how you connect with most people, not with some logic-based argument, but with an emotional argument of explaining how our policies actually affect the day-to-day lives of them and the people they care about. That's such a good message that, you know, we we're deep in healthcare. We, we operate a business on the um, it's actually creating software to help healthcare companies sift through all the regulations. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and so my entire business, I hope to put myself out of business because my political <laughs> philosophy does not agree with, with what I'm doing uh, necessarily. I, I, I have to tell you, you are finding that way around it. You're dealing with the reality of this system. And in the meantime, while this system exists, you're coming up with software to make it as as simple as possible or as painless as as possible for them to be able to navigate through it. And And I applaud you for doing that. I'm sure that using your software and your solutions allow healthcare to be at least that much uh, less unaffordable, make it that much more affordable. Uh, but yes, ultimately we want to make it where you don't need a software system to, to wade through this Byzantine, uh, you know, maze of, of, of regulatory patchwork and, and, and it, 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 it unnecessarily drives up the cost again. Yeah. And I think, you know, such a good message when it's like when people approach us or, or you the same thing, it's actually agreeing with them. It's like, yeah, our healthcare system is screwed up and here's, here's why. And and this is what we can do to fix it. So I love that message. Um, a question from one of the listeners here, they want to know if you've gotten any positive feedback from speaking with non-libertarians on the bus tour events and and the campaign trail. So what's, what's your experience been speaking to those who aren't self-proclaimed libertarians who let's say are fed up with the, with the current status quo and, and what's the, you know, what's the attraction to, um, your y'all's campaign and, and what's their, what's their feedback? 
Absolutely. That has been my favorite part of my of this campaign. My two favorite things are getting libertarian activists and libertarian voters excited and, 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 and you know, energizing them and getting them on fire to spread the message. But my absolute favorite thing is going out to non-libertarian audiences where usually I'm either one of the only libertarians there or it's just me and a handful of other people that join me going out to gun rights protests, going out to uh, lockdown protests going out to uh, Black Lives Matter and police accountability and anti-police brutality protests and talking with them about the libertarian message and not going there with any real expectations other than to have good, good civil conversations with people about, about our solutions. Not trying to win people over, although that often happens, but simply just letting them explain to someone what their issues are, what their concerns are empathizing with them, validating their concerns, and then showing them, taking them on the journey once we've done that, once we've demonstrated that we actually care about them, because no one cares what you know until they know that you care. Once they see that we actually care about them, that we actually understand what they're going through, and that we can properly reflect it back to them, then we're able to take them on the journey. How did we get here? What policies got us here? What politician got us here? And then how do we get out of it? What policy changes what do we need to end? What do we need to change? What do we need to introduce to make it so that that's not happening anymore? So that has been my, my favorite thing. Some of my best uh, things that have happened have been at my rally. So we intentionally set up the rallies in public areas. First of all, you can't really do a lot of indoor stuff right now because of the lockdowns and because of the pandemic. So we typically are doing stuff outdoor, outdoors anyway. And what we try to pick are like parks that are surrounded by residential neighborhoods. And we set up the speakers and the acoustics so that when I'm yelling into that mic about setting the world free and about, you know, ending the crony system and everything else, everyone in that neighborhood, thousands of people, maybe even tens of thousands of people are hearing our message. And when that happens, inevitably people start coming out. And I always do a Q&A afterwards. Every time that I do one of these events, I always do a Q&A uh, where I take at least five, six, seven questions from people in the audience. And inevitably, people come out that have nothing to do with libertarianism. They just want to know more. And they're often asking the same questions. Yeah, but what? how does this look for healthcare? How does this look for education? How, how does this look for immigration? How does this look for public safety? How does this look for criminal justice and so forth? And, and that's great. I, I love having those conversations with them. And we've won a lot of converts. And we've had many other people have seeds planted as a result of it. Something that my, my friend Scott Horton likes to say a lot. We are better than the left on the things that the left cares about. And we're better than the right on the things the right cares about. And for that matter, we're better than the, the, the center and the independents on the things they care about. So why are we arguing with them? Why would we not instead agree with them about their concerns, their valid concerns, and then take them on the journey for how maximizing human liberty fixes that? Yeah, because people, you know, their their fears are valid. It's not like they just made up for, you know, for the most part, they're not, they're not just making it up that, you know, they have legitimate concerns about, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, their safety, their kids safety and those types of things. So yeah. I think that's that's such a great message. So I know we're wrapping up here. So uh, just give me your final thoughts on, you know, um, the, the overall uh, stance in government and maybe the stimulus and Amy Coney Barrett. Like, what's just your overall thoughts on what's currently going on uh, leading up to the leading up to the election? and how you think uh, the election is going to be affected by the pandemic, by, by everything that's happening right now? I think based on what I've been seeing in this campaign, I think the Libertarian Party is about to, to, do, to do the best that we've done in any election before, uh, better than we've ever done before, which would make sense because every election cycle we do better than the one before it. So I expect that to continue. Um, I do think that uh, I do think that 
a, a, a interesting combination of a pandemic that was made much worse by the fact that the CDC didn't allow medical professionals to do their job and test COVID patients for nearly two months, which, uh, you know, we won't know for quite some time how many hundreds of thousands of lives were lost as a result of that. Uh, but that combined with these wrongheaded, even if they were well-intentioned, it turned out that they were wrongheaded and failing lockdowns that have succeeded only in causing massive human suffering, uh, not to mention the economic devastation they've caused. The fact that they then turned around and robbed us of trillions of dollars to give the bailouts to major multi-billion dollar companies that we are now in the worst recession in our lives while simultaneously stock prices are at and above all time highs. All of these things combined, uh, the, the, the police brutality and the reaction to the uh, around the country, all of these things have combined uh, for people across the political spectrum to understand that something is inherently wrong with this system. And it's not just a Republican problem. It's not just a Democrat problem. It's not just a, it's not even just a duopoly problem. It is a government problem. It is a problem based on a system that presumes the authority to rob from you, to take from you, to harm you, to subjugate you, to tell you how to live your life whenever it sees fit. A government that can tell you whether or not you are essential is a government that can rob you of everything. And an increasing number of people are watching that happen in real time. And I believe that that's why the Libertarian Party is going to do better than we have done in any election cycle. We're going to build upon that momentum and see more and more wins moving forward. And I believe that the time for human liberty is now. That's amazing. Well, Spike, I, as always, I appreciate your time. Good luck out on the campaign trail for the last couple of weeks. And uh, man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, how the Libertarian Party is going to fare and, and, you know, where we move forward from here. So really appreciate your time. Thanks, Spike. Absolutely. Thank you, Charlie. Have a great day. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to that interview. We really appreciate Spike for coming on the show. I tell you what, I love Dr. Jorgensen and and she's doing she's doing such a great job getting the message out there. I also just freaking love Spike. He makes me so excited about the future for the Libertarian Party. It makes me excited to have someone that is as as good as he is um, out there talking about these values and about the messaging, which is a really really important part. So uh, you know, go send him a little send him a little tweet. Go go at him and tell him that you enjoyed the interview and uh, thank him for coming on the show because we really appreciate it. If you are interested in day trading, go to mastermystonks.com. That's mastermystonks.com. We day trade every single day of the week. You don't have to have a whole bunch of money in account or anything like that. You just need to be willing to put a little bit of it at risk and you can start making some money in the stonk market. Not the stock market, because those things go all over. Stonks just go up, okay? So we'll talk about that every single morning when we go live. Once you join the class, we can go live, go over the stocks that are moving up a lot. Sorry, stonks, I just said that wrong. Um, you, can, you can go over the stocks that are moving up a bunch, and we'll talk about what our plan is for those. You don't have to know anything about trading yet, because we're going to take you from don't even know a word yet all the way up to knowing all the words at mastermystonks.com and join the Patreon group if you want to listen live to the show. Today's show was not live, unfortunately, because we just did the interview with Spike and we didn't do the whole show live today. But if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty and you can get on there, hang out with us during the show every single day of the week when we want to 
throw in your questions, throw in your comments, throw in your jokes that are too terrible for us to repeat live on the podcast. Totally okay. Go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. And if you guys do all of that, including telling your communist uncle about this podcast because he needs to hear it, then we'll be right back again tomorrow. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.